Thank you for listening to this message from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. Tonight I'm going to talk to you about healing. And the reason I'm going to talk to you about healing, number one, is because pastor asked me to. Yeah, that's the first reason. The second reason, though, is because it's, near, it's a subject that's near and dear to my heart. Because, um, I don't know if anybody remembers, but about four weeks ago, pastor just called me on Saturday afternoon and said, hey, I want to give you a testimony about your healing. And I was um, diagnosed when I was about 22, diagnosed with uh, chronic ulcerative colitis. It's an autoimmune disorder, um, incurable. Um, I had, had ulcers in my colon. Um, my cold colon was full of ulcers. I had, uh, wasn't able to eat. I was bleeding internally um, almost constantly, incredible pain. Um, weighed, I, I got down to 140 pounds. And you can see I gained about 10 of that back, you know. <laughs> hey, don't laugh. Come on. 100 or 10, somewhere in there. Um, but I was really skinny. I mean, too skinny. I looked like I was going to die um, because I couldn't eat. And it was only because of God's word that I was healed. It, uh, the doctors couldn't do anything. They were... I was bleeding so much they had discussed removing my colon and giving me a colostomy bag. Um, there was all kinds of options, that none of which were good. And uh, it was only because of God's word that I was healed. And uh, that's the only explanation there is. The doctor, Dr. Gozman, he's since retired because, you know, that was 30 years ago. <clears throat> 30 years ago. But he said to me, on the day I went in, he said, quote, unquote, you have a brand new colon, and I don't have an explanation for it. See, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it, but what I'm telling you is, if you think it's impossible, if you think you're impossible, your situation's impossible, I have good news for you. Your situation is not impossible. For with God, all things are possible. There's nothing that's impossible for God. Is anything too hard for God? The answer is no. Nothing is too hard for our God. His arm has not been shortened, neither has his, his strength been abated. He is strong, and he is still God, and he's still on the throne. So his name, the name of Jesus, is above is above cancer. His name is above tumors. His name is above whatever it is that you've been diagnosed by medical science. He's, his name is above that. Here's the reality. The reality is we love doctors. We love medical science. But here's the reality. Medical science can't cure a lot of things. But what medical science can't cure, Jesus can cure. See, his word is still true. His word, but see where, where it starts, even before we go, I, I started kind of started with the end in mind here. Where we're going tonight is there's, there's three things that we've got to get established in our hearts before we can really go to the next level. And that is the first thing is God is not doing this to me. See, in the book of Job, Job says, God has put a target on my back. God has, 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 has shot his arrows at me. See, Job thought God was his problem. And then he says something, and he says, if not God, then who? See, Job 
The book of Job was written, it was the first, it's the oldest book in the Bible. It's written, written even before the book of Genesis was written. And he didn't, they didn't have a revelation that there even was a devil at the time. So every, he thought everything was God's fault and God's doing. And some people today still have that same theology. They think everything that happens is God's fault. A hurricane comes and wipes out an entire city, Hurricane Katrina, and they say it was an act of God, right? Everything's God's fault. See, and that's the way Job had. Job had that idea. And some people think God is their problem. If you think God is your problem today, you won't, you won't find an answer because he's our answer. He's not our problem. So if you have it turned around and you, if you think that God is your problem, then, then we need to reverse that. And you need to get the understanding that God is not the problem. God is the answer. The devil is the problem. Sickness is the problem. But Jesus is the answer for us today. He's the only answer that we have. See, many people think God's their problem. Like, I've heard people say, well, you know, you know, Paul had his thorn and I've got this. Well, you aren't Paul and you didn't write two-thirds of the New Testament. Neither did you go to heaven three times. So I don't think you're qualified for Paul's thorn. Let's get over that right now. Okay? And uh, if you want to really be Job... Why don't you just get blessed and get twice as much back as what you had? Because that's what the end of Job is. Because the, James says, consider the end of Job, right? So if you insist on being Job, just get blessed and get twice as much as you had when it was all said and done, because that's the end of Job. So tonight, we're going to go through in a few minutes here that God is not the problem. See, God doesn't have any sickness to give. Exodus 15, 26. If you can put the scriptures up, I'm going to start going through them now. We're going to go through a lot of scriptures tonight. Exodus 15, 26 says, if you, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, do what is right in his sight. Give ear to his commandments. Keep his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians. Now, here's the, here's the thing you have to understand. There were plagues on the Egyptians, but the plagues did not come on the Israelites in Goshen. You have to realize that. He didn't put them on Israel. He put them on the Egyptians, right? You have to, let's get that straight. He says, for I am the Lord who heals you, for I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord, your physician. I am the Lord, your healer. That's what Exodus 15, 26 says. It's one of the seven compound names of God. In the Old Testament, he is Jehovah Rapha. It's one of the first names that appear that describe the characteristics of God. If you look at here, it says, Genesis 1:27. so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Third John 2, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. 1 John 3, 8, he who sins is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose was the Son of God. Who's the Son of God? Jesus, right? For this purpose was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of by the what? Come on, you're better than that. They were oppressed by the devil. They weren't oppressed by God. They were oppressed by the devil 
for God was with him. He went about delivering people that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So who oppresses people? Not God. The devil oppresses people, and God liberates people. John 10.10, the thief does not come except for to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. John 10.10 is a dividing line of the Bible. The thief comes, the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Anything that steals, kills, and destroys is not of God. I mean, it's that simple. You have to go to, you have to, go to seminary to misunderstand this, okay? Good God, bad devil. Okay, we're going to do that again. Do you all get that? Good God, it's not a swear word. I actually mean he's good. Bad devil. Good God, bad devil. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I have come, Jesus said, that you might have life and live it to the full and have it to the full. Really live, not just exist. James 1, 16, do not be deceived. What's pastor always tell us? Whenever the Bible says do not be deceived, that's where most people are deceived. So it says do not be deceived. Pay special attention here. Do not be deceived. My beloved brethren, every good and perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. If it's not good and perfect, it's not from God. Now, God can use it occasionally if you're out of his will, but it's not from him. Remember, good God, bad devil. Whatever comes to steal, to kill, to destroy is not from God. Sickness steals your joy, robs you of your vitality and your life eventually if, it's not, if it goes unchecked. So sickness is not from God. In the Lord's Prayer, even, he says, he says, how should we pray? One of, the, one of the things we should pray is, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, there's another little misconception that happens a lot, and that is every, there's, this, there's this idea that everything that happens is the will of God. Anybody ever heard that? Well, God's in control Everything that happens, happens for a reason. And it sounds nice, it sounds good, but understand something. We are in a war. You have an enemy, I have an enemy. His name is Satan and all his minions. Okay, and not those little yellow guys either. They're bad guys, they're bad minions. Everything that happens in the earth is not, N-O-T, not the will of God. If everything that happened in the earth was the will of God, why would Jesus tell us in his model prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven? Tell me, somebody. He's not into just saying things for no reason. It says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. Who do they take it from? They take it from the enemy because he's stolen, he's killed, and he's destroyed people's lives. And when we bring the gospel to them, we take his kingdom that he has stolen from God and we bring it into God's kingdom. We plunder hell to populate heaven. That's the kingdom of God suffering violence. 
when we bring the power of God and we bring the gospel to those who don't know the truth and who are bound and need to be set free. See, so everything that happens in the earth is not the will of God. I know that might be a shock to some of you, but that is the, that is the truth. Jesus went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the evil one. So how do you go about, somebody might say, how do you go about receiving this healing that you talk about? What did you do? Well, we're going to go over that, the process that I went through over the next today and the next two weeks. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you go to the Greek, the original language there, it says, this is a translation directly from the Greek. It says, faith comes by hearing and continuing to hear the rhema or the spirit-inspired word of Christos, the anointed one and his anointing. Now that sounds like, what in the world did you just say? Faith comes not by having heard. Faith comes by hearing. It's a present progressive word, which means hearing and continuing to hear. So faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. So keep on hearing. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, the, the, the word word there, the W-O-R-D, is a translation of the word rhema, R-H-E-M-A, which means a spirit-breathed, living word of God. And the word God is translated from Christos, which means the anointed one and his anointing. So how do you get faith for healing? This is how. By hearing and hearing the spirit-breathed, anointed words of Jesus. That's how you get faith. Not just by hearing any old words, but by hearing spirit-inspired or spirit-energized words of God, of Jesus. That's of the anointed one and his anointing. That's how you get faith, just by hearing God's word. Hearing God's word, listening to God's word. One of the best things you can do is listen to yourself Speak God's word. Why is that? Because you hear it a couple times. You hear it coming out your mouth and you hear it coming in your ears and your spirits. You're speaking and, and there's all kinds of things going on. The word of God is nigh thee in thy heart and in thy mouth, it says in Romans 10. This is the word of God which we preach. So faith comes by hearing the word of God. So the confession, I didn't realize he was going to do that. The confession that Scott did earlier about being blessed and all that is great because those types of confessions, start reading those confessions. Start saying them out. Get a, get a little book back here. Um, it's in the bookstore. God's creative power for healing. Start speaking those confessions over yourself. You just read them out, speak them. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the spirit-inspired words of the anointed one and his anointing, which is the word of God because his name is Jesus and he is God. So that's how faith comes. Now, faith doesn't come by having heard three years ago. Faith doesn't come by having heard 30 years ago for me. I have to continue to hear and confess God's word. 
Just because I got a miracle 30 years ago doesn't mean I am man, God's man of faith and power for today. That's not what it means. It means that I have to do the work, do the, do the confession, stay in the word, keep my mind renewed, just like everybody else does. Because faith doesn't come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing. Because God doesn't have any... God, let me back up. God is not I was, God is I am. God lives in the always present day. He didn't say my name, tell him my name is I was. He didn't say, tell him my name is I'm gonna be, or I used to be. No, he said, tell him my name is I am. I am always in the now. He is the God of the now. God doesn't, that's why God doesn't have any grandchildren. You know that? God doesn't have any grandchildren. He has only firstborns. All of you are a firstborn. That's what he says. He's a firstborn among many brethren. We're all his children. He doesn't have any grandchildren. Somebody says, oh, but my parents have been a member of this church for 35 or 78 or 128 years, whatever it is. That's great. They've been a member of that church, but are you saved? Because God doesn't have any grandchildren. God, you can't get saved on your parents' faith. Kids, if there's anybody, kids, it, it, it ain't about your parents' faith. Once you get to be old enough to know, you need to make that decision on your own with your parents' help, but you need to confess Jesus and you need to live for him yourself. You can't live on somebody else's faith. You can't, we can't live on Pastor Dwayne's faith. You can't live on your best friend's faith or your wife's faith or your dad's faith or your husband's faith. You need to go to the word for yourself Read his word, stay in his word, and get that word coming out of your mouth because that's where faith comes. See, it's not a matter of if you're going to need your faith. It's a matter of when. You're going to need it someday. Either you or someone you love will need your faith someday. We have needed our faith so many times. I, I'm so thankful that my wife and I are one that we both believe in miracles, we both believe in the power of God. There was a day, I can't hardly, I don't think I can say this because I'll cry. I can't do it. You're gonna have to wait for that story. I can't do it. Uh, our son, I got a hold of it. Our son, Jared, was diagnosed with, what did he have? Spinal meningitis. Couldn't remember what he had. All I know is I hate that junk. He was diagnosed with spinal meningitis. That, that week, we had... In Grand Rapids, a kid died, another kid became blind, and it was, it was an outbreak of spinal meningitis. And our five-year-old, that was 10 years ago, he was, he's 15, almost 16, but when he was five, he got spinal meningitis. 104 fever, am I saying this right? Upwards of 104, he's five years old, just burning up. We're just like, oh, God, what's going on? We're in ICU. We're in, uh, what they call that again? I can't think of nothing right now. It's my wife. She just got me all distracted because she's so pretty. Um, where did they put us? In isolation. They put it, I'm not used to having her there. See, they put us in isolation and they wouldn't let nobody come see us. So we were stuck there by ourselves. And for three days, we had to sit there wondering what was gonna happen to our son. I called everybody I knew. I had every, every preacher I knew on the line and we'd pray for us, stand with us. Our neighbors, our friends, everybody in there. 
And we sat there, and he just had this fever, and it wouldn't go away, and it wouldn't go away. And we just stood on the word. We kept confessing the word, and we kept confessing the word. And on that, and she actually had to go home because we had four other children. So I stayed there with him through the night. And through the night, his fever broke. And the next day, he looked at me, and he said, Daddy, I'm hungry. And I said, praise God, so am I. Let's go. And he was playing with helicopters and he was playing with the nurses and he was the doll of the ICU ward for that day. And then he went home that, the next morning, we got to go home. And it's just, I look at it and I go, thank you, Jesus. I'm so thankful that we were ready when the devil tried to kill our son. I'm so thankful that we weren't, oh gosh, where's, that, where's the Bible? What does that say again? What was that verse? No, man, it's here. You gotta have it here. You can't wait to look up a scripture when the devil has knocked you out and you're on the floor. I'm trying to get your attention. You can't wait. You gotta put it in there now. Because if it ain't in there, when the devil comes knocking on your door, it's too late to put it in. You need to put it in now because you don't know when you're gonna need it. You gotta put it in now. You gotta put that word in now so that when he comes knocking, it's there and it's the first thing that comes out of you. Because that's what it takes when the enemy comes. See, when, when you get that diagnosis or when you get that bad report or whatever it was in your life, the word needs to come out of your mouth. Why? Because the word is life. The word is health. The word is strength. Why? Because Jesus is the word. See, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. See, Proverbs chapter four. Put that one up there, would you please? Proverbs chapter four. It says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them. Oh, they're saying the same thing I just said. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those that find them and health to all your flesh. Life and health. We need God's word in our heart. And the way it gets in your heart is through your eyes and through your mouth. You read it with your eyes, you confess it with your mouth, and it gets in your heart. Through your eye gate and your ear gate, and it gets into your heart. And once it's in your heart, then it produces life and it produces health in your body. Does it produce health instantly? Sometimes not instantly, but it will produce health. It will. It will produce health. You know, sometimes speaking out is the only thing you can do. Um, last year, I, hurt, I injured myself um, trying to water ski behind my boat when it, when it wasn't going fast enough. Had too many people in the boat. Couldn't drag my big butt out of the water. So I injured myself. Pulled something really bad in my, in my hip and it was just bothering me. I could barely walk. We went to Mackinac Island, and I was like this the whole time. Wait up, dear. Wait up. Um, I felt like Festus off Gunsmoke. But I couldn't walk, and it was just it was terrible. I'm limping around, and finally, I'm walking down the hall here, and it, and it hadn't hurt for a while because I had been babying it. You know, I'd been resting it, and, and all of a sudden, a big pain started coming, and I thought, oh, and I literally went like this. I'm in the hallway at church here, walking down the hallway, down the back hallway by the offices and the other end of the building. And I literally went like this. I'm walking all by myself, and I, I put my hands here, and I went, no! 
You're not gonna get back in there. That's all I said. I was really mad because I'm tired of limping around all the time. And I was startled because you know what happened? Pain left. Hasn't come back. You know what I did? I said, get! And the dog ran away. See, it's just the enemy trying to bring that same old pain back again. See, but, but that happens because the word's in your heart and in your mouth, and you need to put the word in. And then I did it without even thinking. I'm walking, and all of a sudden I was like, I am not putting up with this anymore. No! I went like that. And that pain left my body, and it has not come back. And it won't come back because it can't come back because it's not welcome. Okay? See, and that's, that's just a manifestation. Is that, is that, where are you going to find that in the Bible? Well, Jesus put spit in a guy's eyes and it healed him. So I guess it's okay to speak to your, to your body and say no to pain, right? Where am I? Proverbs 4, it's life and it's health. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus hasn't changed. He never will change. Jesus is the same. How did Jesus deal with sin when he, how did Jesus deal with sickness when he was on the earth? He healed it, right? Now, I would, I would challenge each of you. Did Jesus ever say to any person in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, did he ever say to anyone, no, I can't or no, I will not heal you? Anybody know? I won't do the Jeopardy thing. I'm tempted to, but I won't. No, the answer is no. He never turned anyone down. So if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, how is it that some say, well, he used to heal, but he doesn't heal anymore, when the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? See, Jesus, when he found sickness, when he encountered sickness, anyone that came in faith to Jesus, he said, be it to you according to your faith. Of course I will. He healed the multitudes. He healed them all, it says. See, if you've seen Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you have seen the Father. Because Jesus said in John 14, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So you wonder about what is God's will for, is it God's will to heal me? Is it not God's will to heal me? Here's the deal. If you've seen Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you've seen the will of God in action because Jesus only came to do the will of his Father. That is the will of God. Healing is the will of God. God is not your problem God is your answer. The word of God is your answer. See, it's not a matter of if, if, if God is willing to heal. It's a matter of are we able to see that the word of God has healing in it. He sent his word and healed us, Psalm 107.20 says. Isaiah 55.10, not in my notes, don't bother looking. Isaiah 55.10 says, as the, sun, as the rain comes down from heaven and waters the earth, but does not return back to heaven until it waters the earth, so shall my word be that comes forth out of my mouth. It cannot return to God void, but it will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. Isaiah 55.10.11. See, God's word can't return to him without power. 
or without accomplishing the purpose for which it was sent. And what purpose, what was one of the purposes for the word of God to be sent? To destroy the works of the evil one. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. Who is the Son of God? The Word of God, the Word made flesh and dwelt among us, right? You get my logic here? You know where I'm going, right? I don't want to leave you behind here. So the way Jesus dealt with sickness was God's will. What's the source of, what's the source of sickness? Where does sickness come from? Sickness is a manifestation of spiritual death. What? Sickness is a manifestation of spiritual death. Sickness did not exist until, until sin or spiritual death or separation from God came in the earth. In the Garden of Eden, they didn't have any sickness. Didn't, didn't exist. In heaven, there will be no sickness. So wherever, there is, wherever there's perfect spiritual life, there is no sickness. Sickness, therefore, is a manifestation of the presence of spiritual death in the earth. I'm not talking about your spiritual death. I'm talking about spiritual death in general in the earth, okay? Lest anyone think, oh, so if I'm sick, I'm not saved. I did not say that, okay? It's talking about spiritual death in general. So sickness is a manifestation of, of sin or spiritual death in the earth. So, where does, so that's the general source of it. What are some other sources of sickness? Well, if you go to some countries... Drinking dirty water is a source of sickness, right? You see these little kids on TV, they're scraping mud out of a hole and then drinking it. That's why they're sick. That's why we help dig water wells. That's why we give money to um, missions and help dig water wells so that kids aren't drinking dirty water and getting sick unnecessarily. Eating the wrong food is at times the source of sickness. Stress is a huge source of sickness. Anger, unforgiveness, unhealthy habits, demonic attack, genetic weakness, all those are sources of sickness. But the good news is, what's the answer to sickness? God's word. God's word is the answer to sickness. For by Jesus' stripes we were healed. See, is it God's will for us to be well? Well, we were created with an automatic immune system. It's called the autoimmune system. We were created to fight off disease. Our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. If we, if we didn't have an autoimmune system, we would all be dead, right? Because that's what AIDS is, autoimmune deficiency syndrome, right? And when that happens, you catch whatever comes. You don't die of AIDS. You die of whatever you catch because you don't have an immune system. So your immune system is God's, it's, it's proof of God's intention for you to be well. He's not interested in, oh, let's make them sick, oh, let's heal them. Oh, let's make them sick, let's heal them. That's like digging a hole and filling it back in just because you're bored. That's dumb. We don't, God doesn't do that, okay? So what is the answer? What is the, what's the end of this all? Where does this go? The source of, the source of sickness comes down to the curse of the law. And if you look at the curse of the law, the curse of the law is just the curse of sin in the earth. And this is a really big book that I have, and it lists all the different curses that are listed in Deuteronomy 28. And I'm going to read some of these things which are considered part of the curse of the law. And then we're going to get to something in just a minute, and then we're going to close. I'll let you go. These are some of the things that come on, uh, come on people because of the curse of the law. You ready? 
infectious diseases. I, gotta, I need to get my glasses here. Do you need to borrow your reading glasses? Sunstroke. It says drought. Fibromyalgia. Inflammatory diseases are part of the curse. Ulcers. Sores. Boils. Tumors. Hmm. Hemorrhoids. Swelling in the groin. Sores. Scurvy. Eczema. Incurable itch. Scabs. Festering sores. Insanity. Losing your mind. Distracted mind. Confusion. Confusion of the heart. Confusion. It says confusion of the heart. At first it was confusion of the mind. Panic attacks. Ulcers again. Boils. Skin diseases. Inflammation. Strokes. Anything else in here? Strokes and blows. All those things are part of the curse. They're specifically translated effects of the curse. Well, somebody says, well, I've been diagnosed with such and such, and I have a malignant growth. That's part of the curse. Here's the good news. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. Galatians 3.13 is the good news. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed us from that curse. So where there's tumors, Christ has redeemed you from tumors. Where there's inflammatory disease, which includes fibromyalgia and a bunch of other, you're a doctor, you tell me, I could, you could come here and say it better than me. All the different inflammatory diseases, you're redeemed from those things because you have been redeemed by Jesus. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. Put Galatians 3.13 up there if you would. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law because cursed is he who hung on a tree. Christ has redeemed you from tumors. Christ has redeemed you from growths. Christ has redeemed you from scurvy, from itch, from growths, from boils, from strokes, from panic attacks, from anxiety, from confusion of the heart. You are redeemed from those things. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. He, one translation says, he traded places with us. He traded places with us. He became a curse so you could be free. Today, I want to just bring this up. Today, we celebrate on the Jewish calendar the Day of Atonement. You know what the Day of Atonement signifies? The Day of Atonement signifies that the price for your healing, the price for your salvation, the price for your peace has been paid for. Your debt's been paid. The curse of the law has been satisfied and taken away. Because of the Day of Atonement, which we celebrate today is the Day of Atonement, you are free to receive deliverance from whatever it is that's included in the curse of the law. Because that curse was not from God intended for you. That curse came because of sin. And if Christ has redeemed us from the curse, then you are redeemed. The Greek word for salvation says is sozo, S-O-Z-O. And it means healing, deliverance, peace, wholeness. So if you are, if Christ came to bring salvation, he came to bring salvation, salvation from sin, 
healing, deliverance, and wholeness. Today we celebrate the Day of Atonement, which is the price has been paid. The price has been paid. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, and the price has been paid. We grab a hold of God's word, grab a hold of that promise. We grab a hold of that, and what happens? It manifests. As we continue to confess God's word, we watch it manifest. We just watch it, and it's there. It's real. It's not, this is not just um, positive confession, you know, like some of those guys on late night TV, oh, say these 18 words and get rich. No, that's not what this is about. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. He watches over his word to perform it. When we bring God in remembrance of his word, you know what? He says, ooh, that's God's word. Those angels go, ooh, that's God's word. What's going on down there? Somebody's talking about Jesus. And things happen because healing, life, and health is resonant within God's word. And today, it's his day of favor. It's even in the natural. It's his day where, hey, it's paid for. Your bill's been paid. It's like if I, take, if I go to a restaurant and I decide to pay your bill and not tell you about it, you're, you say, hey, I need my bill. They say, oh, somebody paid your bill. Would you try to pay it again? I wouldn't. I'd walk out of there. Right? I got news for you. Your bill's been paid. Your bill's been paid. Your bill has been paid. The price that brings healing to you, the price that brings peace, salvation, it's been paid. It's done. It's paid for. For more information about Res Life, please visit our website at reslife.org. If you have questions about Res Life or would like directions to visit us, please feel free to call 616-534-4923.